Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 205 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. Today, we react to Nebraska's Game 1 loss to Ohio State, look ahead to Wisconsin, and hear from you on the Runza Reaction Line. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know someone who is, hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. Game one's in the books. It is. What's your gut reaction to what we saw on Saturday? Uh, it, it, you know, just based on the first, the first half felt, felt pretty good, um, kind of started to started to fall apart there at the end of the first half but mm-hmm. um i did have a little bit i was traveling a lot of the time today i'll talk more about that later but um had a little bit of time to watch the first and second quarter thank you Chaz and socal for posting those videos um and uh things are going really well and and then uh you know Ohio State puts their foot on the gas a little bit and and we start to have some penalties and some goofy fumbles and we just we just can't keep up uh but uh you know my huge improvement from last year Mm -hmm. um just you know just again just gut reaction i feel better yeah and you and you know what the worst is over (laughs) (laughs) the a potential national championship team we we got that out of the way Mm -hmm. nowhere to go but up yep yep how about you what's your your gut reaction yeah um Man, that's a good point. It just feels like this is the best I've felt after a loss in a while. You know, like, at least I feel like the team walked out of there without having to, you know, they, they, they weren't chased out with their tails behind their legs, you know, between their legs or whatever. So it, it was not an embarrassment. And, in fact, I was encouraged to hear – uh, for once, it seemed like the the commentators on television were actually a little bit for Nebraska, kind of giving them a fair shake uh, when it comes hmm. to some of those penalties. And then just in general, when, when Nebraska kind of came out with that first series, um, I don't know, it was, it was just nice to hear uh, on a national level having some commentators kind of speak up and speak well of Nebraska and how we were playing and how we were keeping up with Ohio State. So um, ultimately that was my fear heading into this game was just to – I didn't want to be embarrassed again. And while we lost, that's what the rest of the country expected, but we didn't get destroyed. And I actually do think it was a closer game than the score showed – um, however, it was still a definitive win for Ohio State. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you, you know, sometimes after a loss, you say, you know, if this or that happened, we're right in there, mm-hmm. or uh, maybe win. I mean, we're not saying that. Yeah. Um, I just with the way things started to go, and and they, their quarterback is the real deal. Mm-hmm. He's real good. <laughs> uh, their wide receivers are NFL bound. Um, you know, wasn't blown away by the running back situation, but um, you know their lines are stacked. Um, yeah, it uh, that's a really good team, and um, we I think Frost aspires to get us there, but we're not there, and um, so I think we did we acquitted ourselves well for the first half. I I, I tweeted something uh, after the game that you know for the first twenty five minutes I was really proud. And for like the next like fifteen minutes or so, started to get a little frustrated, and then for the last like ten minutes or maybe yeah, is this am I doing the math right? Year fifteen. <laughs> for the last ten minutes, it was just like okay, this sucks. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed. So I thought maybe 
we could break down our discussion here maybe along those lines. Sure, yeah. So um, first 25, so this is maybe instead of doing offense, defense, special teams, that kind of approach. Yeah, So yeah. For, for first 25 minutes, um, the, the offense comes out, moves down the field, gets into the red zone, scores from the red zone, a touchdown from the red mm-hmm. zone. Um, the defense gets some stops. I mean, we're not getting pushed all around. The defensive line's not getting pushed all around. Um, we got a sack. I, I, we, I think we had three sacks. I don't remember how many of them came in the first two quarters, but um, at least one of them. Um, special teams on point. I mean, I thought, I thought one clear, the clearest difference to me from the special teams was the consistent fair catches on kickoff. <laughs> um, yep. tw- the last two or three of them, I think they ran them out because it's like, crap, we're desperate, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like so many times last year, like all the time last year, guys are catching it on the five or in the end zone and they're running and they're, if you just if you just fair catch it, you get it on the 25-yard line and that is really hard to do. Yeah. It's really hard to get to the 25-yard line otherwise. Um, so... Uh, that to me was one of the best indicators of improved special teams and 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 maybe like uh, an improved strategy on special mm-hmm. teams. And hey, a field goal, a field goal. Um, we've got. It, it sounds like we're two platooning it for long snappers. Uh, I I didn't notice who it was that was out there, so I threw out a tweet like, "Hey, who did anybody see?" And wouldn't you know it, um, Scott Erbach, uh, Chase's dad, he he tweeted back that. Caden Mueller was doing the punt long snapping, and Cameron Piper was in on PAT and field goal long snapping. All right. So, uh, we got a lot of talent. I'm going to use it in a just couple different spots. Just going to say it now, man. We're, we're the only podcast who's talking about those guys. Just just putting it out there. <laughs> That's what makes us special, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it happens so fast, and especially after a touchdown you're celebrating. It was – I was like, oh, no, who was it? I missed it. Um, also, uh, Ohio state punted in the second quarter. I don't, I can't remember mm-hmm. the last time we made Ohio state like punt in the first three quarters. Right. What were your take from the first 25 minutes? When yeah. things were really rolling? Well, for, for me, it comes back to that opening drive was about the best possible statement Nebraska could have made to start the year. Um, they they uh, again this comes back to what the commentators were saying they they said something like nebraska shoves it down ohio state's throat to score Ooh, yeah. in the first minute and a half or something like that it's like when's the last time you heard anybody say nebraska did anything against ohio state in a positive manner you know like it's it's been years so um yeah, just just I I, t- I was taking notes throughout the first co- actually the first three and a half quarters maybe and then the fourth quarter I kind of started to trail off, but yeah, that's uh, fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah um I, I expected to see McCaffrey play I did not expect to see McCaffrey incorporated the way that he was I mean did anybody yeah. see that coming I that was a surprise to me I don't know that any of us really took Frost at his word when he was saying. McCaffrey is one of, and maybe he didn't say this so explicitly before the game. He certainly said it after. He, he's like, I've been telling you, he's one of the best players that we have. Not just one of the best quarterbacks, but one of the best players that we have. Mm. So we're going to get him on the field. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, like, in terms of yardage, was he the best running back and wide receiver? <laughs> Possibly, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me pull up the totals here. Um, in terms of, yeah, he had the most rush yards of anybody, 87. Martinez had 77. Mills only had 33 on 10 carries. Um, and then in receiving, no, nah, he was down the list on receiving. Um, but, but he had a And, man, how, how refreshing is it that we did not have to watch Wandale Robinson get murdered on Saturday? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, they, they were using him according to his strengths instead of just handing him the ball and praying that he doesn't get killed, you know? Um, yep. That that was huge. Uh, seeing just – they it seemed like they were utilizing a lot of tools. I saw a lot of different plays early on, too. It just seemed like a very uh, fresh look from Nebraska. The only thing that really stuck out to me – um, and it was pretty consistent through the game. Is this super soft coverage on on Ohio? I don't know if it's just that our guys were getting beat 
by Ohio State's receivers, but it, it always seemed like there was a good five to ten yards of, yeah. of padding whenever Ohio State had a completion. And, it did. Um, now there were other times where they, you know, they couldn't pass the ball at all because our guys were were covering them so well. So kudos for that. But it just seemed like that was kind of a consistent thing. It was like they'd catch the ball and then one of our defenders would would like come in from Show off up. screen to tackle yeah. them. Yeah. So. Wait, I don't wait. know what's going on there. Uh, again, I'm usually not the X's and O's guys, but that's just something that stuck out to me. No, that's a, I, know, I think that's a great observation. And and then the other thing is just, I have said this a thousand times, if Nebraska wants to move from being a good team to a great team, like even get rid of the ticky-tack calls for targeting and I do think that one of them was warranted just because of that the way the rules must be interpreted I think that the the first targeting call was indeed targeting at least according yeah. to the current definition the second one you can make an argument but overall uh, Nebraska needs to to cut it out with these stupid penalties and the turnovers obviously are huge too, but I mean, like, who gets a delay of game after a kickoff? Yeah, after a and kickoff. I, appreci- <laughs> I appreciated that Frost said that one was on him um, at in the post game, so you know at least that happened. Yeah, but that yeah that, that was really bad. Mm-hmm. So I yeah I mean just just overall there are at, at least in terms of. Again, it, this is a loss. That sucks. But from what what we've been through over the past couple of years, we're looking for those just those tinges of promise, and I think we're starting to see them. And that's what I'm encouraged by. Yeah. Well. Well said. Uh, to to one of your earlier points about the there was a lot of plays, there was a lot of formations, and there was a lot of personnel mm-hmm. in that for in those first two quarters. You know, the first 25 minutes, I guess. Um, and so that was just really encouraging to see all the ways that everybody was utilizing. And um, just to, again, t- knowing that Dedrick Mills didn't get a ton of carries when it felt like coming into this game and into this season, he was going to be like 80% of the offense or something. Yeah. Um, then to see. Um, Did he not even just, get a carry until the second quarter? That's actually one of my notes was like, I don't remember seeing him do anything in the first quarter. Well, yeah, I think he, I think he might have had one carry in the first quarter, and, okay. and his second carry was in the second quarter. But th- there you or, go, one carry in the yeah. first fifteen minutes. But, but, but they were. It's not like it was because they were passing it to the same person over and over. I yeah, mean, it was yeah. Tight ends, wide receivers. Uh, you know, the, the second string quarterback is in, like doing stuff. So, so Mills was was not being used heavily right off the bat, but it's just because everybody was getting a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then towards the end of the game, when it really felt like you need to lean on him, that's when it kind of started to be uh, problematic that he wasn't getting the ball more, I think. Mm. Well, hey, how about we take a look at maybe those last five minutes of the second quarter heading into the third quarter? What sticks out to you from kind of that, that second third or you know the second half of the the game for the most part well i feel like uh ohio state really does start to in those last few minutes really starts to show why they are so highly regarded um just their receivers are streaking down the field you know you made the comment just a second ago about uh it seems like more often than not there's a defender kind of off of them a ways trying to play catch up or come the safety is going to have to come over the top and they're not quite there on time Mm -hmm. um and and, and it's maybe as they're starting to get frustrated that then these late hits that are become questionable and then it ultimately really uh, lead to uh, getting kicked out of the game start happening. Um, you know, if the coverage is, is there, you don't maybe you, ha- you don't have to come in late and, and smack hard. So things start to deteriorate a little bit, but you start to see a little bit why one team is, you know, S&P Plus is number one team and the other is not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The thing that really stuck out to me was, I think Ohio State was three for three on fourth down. That that uh, was kind of a right. disappointment for me. I, well, I know every time they went for it, they got it. Yeah. Every <laughs> so time, however yeah. many it was, um, that that was a little bit of a letdown for me. I, I would have liked to see Nebraska get that kind of, uh, you know, a last stand type uh, 
you know, turnover on downs type situation. But they almost got it. I, I think that was still towards the – that was in the, the first half was when uh, they had that illegal formation penalty and then Frost was like, hold the phone. I want you to measure. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very, very close. And it was and even kind of cool to see him smiling. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's not what we would have seen from other coaches, you know. Maybe you'd have a bewildered look from Riley, like a "come on, guys" kind of thing. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it for me that that is a sign of just emotional health that we are seeing from this team. You know, like I, I didn't huh. feel like Nebraska gave up on Saturday. You know, I think towards the end of the fourth quarter, they you know when they started having McCaffrey drive the drive the the offense that's when it was just kind of like where they were being really realistic about the fact that like hey let's give this guy some reps some you know and then that's why we called timeout when there was just like three seconds left on the clock because that's one more rep for McCaffrey to yeah you know to work with the offense and but uh, that said until that point it still felt like Nebraska was trying to find a way and I, I appreciated that um that said, you can't turn over the ball and expect the win. Yeah, you you see the end of the first half, and it's a 10-point game, 14-24, and then you know three and a half minutes into the third quarter, it's 31-14, and then yeah. you have a fumble, and it's 38-14. Like, you know, arguably 31-14, is, it, it's maybe over, but 38-14 off of that, you know, bonehead play, and it's 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 over-over. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that... I, I'm a little concerned about the the crumble there. It's I'm not going to read too much into it because it is game one, and um, and it is an amazing team that we're playing. So, you know, I well I I'll be more concerned if something happens like that in the third quarter next week. Yeah. Um, but but um, you know, it's after such a positive first first half, it's a little it was disappointing. Um, but at the same time, so I uh, you know every year I have some. A couple of college buddies that come out for a home game, mm-hmm. and um, you know, with this being the COVID year, uh, I just kept waiting to. Usually, we get that scheduled like in the spring. You know, looking at the calendar, lock that down, start hunting down tickets for them. Um, but with, with COVID and everything, we we just kept waiting to schedule it because it's like I don't know, guys. There might still be a season, um, and then finally, it seemed pretty clear there wasn't going to be a season. So we we just planned to get together and you know, spent, spent a lot of time outside together and, and whatnot, stay distance and all that. And then like, right after we set that, um, they announced the schedule and, and it was game one. <laughs> so, uh, drove over to the quad cities on early Saturday morning, got there just in time for the game and, uh, we hung out in my buddy's garage and had a, had a good time. But all that to say, I was very level. I don't know about you, but I was very level during that whole first half because I was excited. It's great to play football again, but you just kind of are waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> and, you, and you know that this team you're playing has another gear that they can kick it into. And so I, I enjoyed the first half, very encouraged, um, but at the same time, I, just, I didn't let myself get too excited. And so for that reason, when things started to go south in the third quarter and you know, also because I'm hanging out with buddies, um, it was like, yeah, man. I'm not, I wasn't crushed, but, you know disappointed but not destroyed Mm -hmm. uh how were you managing your emotions because you were watching on delayed right yeah i actually watched the whole thing after it happened um that's just part of my reality this year's i'm working saturdays so unless it's an ever unless it's ever an evening game i'll probably not be well uh, let's just say our our twitter will be less um I felt that burden, Mike. Colorful? I don't know. <laughs> Kickoff is at 3.30 on Saturday, or 2.30, okay. so maybe... Yeah, I might be able to get caught up by the fourth quarter or something if I hurry. <laughs> Our Twitter is better on game day when you're there, Mike. I can oh, tell you that. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, sometimes I, uh, I'm i sure some people question my contribution, but uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, let's just say that much. Um, but yeah, um, overall... I was looking for the positive in it. And in fact, I watched it with family and I even gave my mother a talk (laughs) before the game. Just like, because my mom gets so emotionally invested um, to the point where like, she doesn't always, and I can say this because she's not going to listen to this podcast. So I love you, mom, but my mother doesn't always 
uh, let's just say she watches football with her heart and not her head. Um, mm. and so, like, once we had a couple of targeting calls, she's like, well, that's targeting. I'm like, he, he they just tackled a runner, uh, you know, by his knees. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, like I said, now listen, we are... We are expected to lose. Some people have us losing by four touchdowns or more. So let's just pump the brakes before this game even starts and try to look for the positive. And and mm. so that's kind of the attitude I took coming into it. Mm. I hate being the kind of guy who's like, we're probably going to lose. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I, I came into it with a kind of an open mind saying like, hey, all right. But even when we scored on that first drive, I was just kind of like, well, we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see because, you know, a lot of teams are kind of dusting off the cobwebs as they start Definitely. the season. And yep. uh, other teams um, uh, lost yesterday in dramatic fashion um, oh, man. to people that they should have beat. So uh, it's one of those things where we're all kind of finding our bearings right now. So uh, take the good with the bad was kind of my at- attitude for this first game. Now next week, oh, boy. Uh, I don't want to start talking Wisconsin just yet, but um, I-, I think that we got to watch out. <laughs> so that's all I have to say about that. Uh, yeah, to maybe um, maybe get through our, our framework for this discussion, um, the last 10 minutes of the game were really frustrating, uh, really sloppy. And then on the very, you know, that final score, I, that I kind of like – I was really caught, like I said, I was very level for the first half. I started to get, you know, a little, a little frustrated there in the second half, and then the last, that last touchdown, I, I kind of like blew up a little bit. Mm. Um, and uh, my wife and I were talking about it on the way when I was driving home today, and she, you know, she's she's of the uh, well, you know, it's the defense's job to stop them perspective, and I'm like, this is just like sportsmanship, and we supposedly had this great relationship with uh, <laughs> Ohio State. And this is why everybody has always hated Ohio State. Urban Meyer has never took his foot off the gas. I thought Ryan Day was a little bit better than this. Um, But then I listened to uh, the uh, post-game – I listened to Ryan Day's post-game press conference, and he starts off by saying he wants to apologize to Scott. He didn't have the right personnel in – Yeah, he didn't want to – he didn't want to – score that last touchdown which was fourth and one by the way with like 17 seconds left but he didn't have the right personnel in to not score or something i don't know if that means like the freshman didn't know how to take a knee or maybe he meant like they should have kicked a field goal i'm not sure what he meant but he said he really wanted to apologize that was not how if he could do it all over again he wouldn't have done that wow so i appreciated that and what was it he said something else um I don't think you'd ever hear that from Urban Meyer, so that is a step I, well, in the right I, direction. I've just never heard that from anybody, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. And there, there was something, I can't remember. Uh, he said something else that was really just gracious. Hmm. And um, so anyway, I, you know, after taking some time to cool down and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm still good with this. Ohio State Nebraska Alliance. Yeah. How did you feel about that final touchdown? You know what? I was more bothered by earlier in the second half. I don't remember when it was, but when uh, Fields had that touchdown run where there were like six defenders surrounding him. It's like somebody's got to stop this guy. Hit <laughs> like, him. I know he's a big, big deal. I know he's a great runner. He's versatile. Blah, 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 blah. But like, we should not have let that. I mean, like, maybe they get the first down, but for him to score and not even be touched, that was where I was kind of like, man, that was – I was more upset about that. I By the end of the game, not, I was just kind of yeah. like, yeah. You know, even the um, even the commentators, they were questioning why they left some of their first stringers in so Yeah, late. they were. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean – it is what it is, and having that context of Ryan Day actually apologizing <laughs> for for yeah, like, I unreal, guess accidentally right? running up the score. That's that's actually you know, don't think you'll ever hear that from you know our friends across the Missouri River. So well, hopefully not, we never give them the opportunity. But right, yes, right. I see your point. <laughs> um, hopefully, yeah, they they never have to apologize or have. Hopefully, they'll never be in a position to apologize. Never again. So, yeah, never again. So hopefully, you know, I so I feel like that we saw improvement across the board. I would, 
it's it's a little bit of a bummer to see not quite so many catches from the, all these great new wide receivers. Of course, Omar Manning didn't play. Um, Cade uh, Warner, captain, newly scholarshiped, let a ball go through his hands in the end zone. Um, that was I'm rough. I'm sure he'll, he'll be haunted by that one for yeah. a while. Uh, you know, probably doesn't. Change he should have caught that one, man. But, I mean, there's no yeah. excuse to not catch that. Yeah, people are um, like, oh, he Martinez threw it too hard. Um, sorry, if the ball goes through your hands, like even if it's a little high as a receiver, it's your job to clamp down on that, and he didn't. So, yeah, I put that one but, squarely on Warner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say maybe like 75% Warner, 25% Martinez. Okay, so. all right, 100% <laughs> Warner. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I agree to disagree. Um, we don't have to agree on everything, Mike. Uh, so yeah, lot, lots of improvement. There's there's er- definitely areas to improve, and um, you know we say everybody every single podcast this week in the Big Ten is saying you do you see your most improvement from game one to game two. So we better. Well, we better. That's op- what I gotta say. Opportunity for a real big jump here. Um, but yeah, you know the. Bryce Benhart looked good. Right tackle. Farniak, you know, I know he was going up against the stud. He did well in the first half. Uh, he got smoked at least once in the second <laughs> quarter. Yeah. And uh, got d- held at one point. Not got held. Did did holding. That's it, mm-hmm. How do you say this phrase? Committed the penalty of holding? Sure. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of penalty yards, but, yeah, we're just overmatched. So, yeah, I, I just don't yeah. want to dwell on it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Let's not dwell on it. Let's move forward. Before we move on. Well, yeah. Did move you forward think from this portion of the conversation. Was, yeah, yeah. Did you think it was a safety? Oh, you know, they're always so generous uh, to the running, to the offensive There was person. no forward progress. The, he, the entire, it was one fluid movement backwards into the end zone. I That's why I, I think it was a safety. That was where I got a little bit upset. Yeah. You know where well, my my buddies that I was watching the game with, one of them in particular, got really upset was at the end of the first half that we weren't trying to score more, mm. especially because we had allowed a quick ten points, and Ohio State was getting the ball back. He, yeah, didn't thought, we let the we let the clock run out? Didn't we? We did. Yeah. Yeah. He was mm. flipping out. <laughs> he was flipping <laughs> out, and he wouldn't stop. If you're listening to it, Dan, like you wouldn't stop talking about it. So got your point. Yeah. So did what did you think of that? It was a little confusing, but I guess maybe the attitude was like, hey, we're not going to score. Maybe, you know, there, there's that long ball thing that we're still struggling with. You know, I, I don't know what our longest uh, reception was yesterday, but, you know, you, you didn't see too many bombs caught by Nebraska receivers. So I want to find out what our longest reception was, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you in just one second. But that's a great point. We didn't have... We didn't have any long balls. Uh, the longest reception we had was 26 yards to Austin Allen. Yeah. It kind of was coming across the middle. Yeah, that was. took it out to the outside. Yeah. yeah or he's running down the sideline there, yeah. So that was yeah. the longest. Wandale had a 21-yarder. Um, so, yeah, we just don't have a deep threat right now. Uh, or, you know, we thought we did. But he, here's the thing. I think we've said this a lot of times before. If you are counting on an incoming freshman or JUCO transfer – to immediately have a huge impact like you're just setting yourself up for disappointment especially so, against ohio state right especially against ohio state and then you know omar manning didn't even play Alante brown had i think a catch on the last play of the game or second to last play of the game uh Volkulik did not get a reception although he was really close on a couple and did a really good job breaking up what looked like was going to be an interception um oh yeah yeah, yeah. well what do you say we move on to the Runza reaction line, Justin? Yeah, it sounds like we got a few calls here. Well, first off, thank you to everybody who called in. Um, we got a few messages this week that we'd like to play here on the podcast. So first up is Jim from Minnesota. This is Jim in Minnesota and wanted to call in and say I'm really excited about the future. Definitely like what I saw from the offensive and defensive lines and the physicality and the want to. Looking forward to Wisconsin. Let's go Huskers. Thanks for calling, Jim. Uh, yeah, I'd say um, obviously our offensive line looked great. Um, I think they did their job pretty well. Um, defensive line, they they were getting some penetration too. It looked like really good communication from the defense in general. They looked like they were all kind of firing on the same pistons, so I liked that. 
Yeah, I you know, definitely agree with Jim. Um, and, you know, this is the Big Ten. So offensive and defensive lines dominate. If you can't compete in the trenches, you can't win, uh, especially. I mean, this season is like the ultimate Big Ten season because it didn't even start until it's, it got cold. I mean, it's <laughs> snowing here in Lincoln yeah. right now on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, that's really going to matter in, in December as we play two games in December. So, yeah, yeah on to Wisconsin. Not hashtag on Wisconsin, though. Right, yes, important distinction. All right, so next up is Michael calling from Omaha. He is a longtime listener and friend of the show, so here is what Michael had to say. My name is Michael. I'm calling from Omaha, Nebraska. My thoughts on the game is, you know, we started out pretty strong. I thought we were going to hang in. You know, we were down, oh, I think it was, what, 10 points? before the end of the first half, and I was like, okay, yeah, we can go ahead and do this. And then the second half, it just seemed like everything started to fall apart as usual. Yeah, we had some bad calls made on us, but great teams can always find ways to win against bad calls and all that. I see some potential in the season. It's just that we need to stop making stupid mistakes, like um, delay a game, you know, the targeting calls, you know, just making it look a little bit cleaner than what we were doing. And, you know, I just, I think uh, Wisconsin's going to be a very interesting game. Like I said, we just need to keep the game clean, um, limit our mistakes, the penalties. But, you know, overall, I think it was an okay game. It was kind of a bummer to be blown out the first game of the season with everything going on with the whole COVID thing. But at least we got to see the Huskers play again, which is a plus in my book. As always, go Big Red, and let's see what we can do against Wisconsin. Thanks for calling in, Michael. Yeah, man, uh, I'm right there with you on the penalties. Um, yeah, you've, you've got a great point, and uh, as we were listening to this, Justin mentioned, yeah, we're not a great team. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, if we want to become a great team, that is, uh, I mean, that's got to be in your top five things that need to improve is penalties need to be, you got to lock down on that. Um I mean, just look at our situation heading into Wisconsin. Um, you know, not to anticipate our discussion here in a few minutes too soon, but we're going up against a quarterback who was what twenty for twenty one. He was the exact. Yeah, he was the exact same as uh, as Justin Fields, twenty for twenty one. Field, <sighs> Fields threw for two touchdowns. He threw for five. Um, here and here, you know, here's another reason why it was a. It was, I think, the highest the highest penalty yardage total for us since the first few games of Frost's tenure. And I'm not super mm-hmm. worried about it because when you're overmatched, like that's when you get sloppy, you know, yeah. when you're, when the defensive end beats you and you don't want your quarterback to get killed, you grab him. You know, mm-hmm. when, when someone's streaking down the field and they're going to score a touchdown, if they catch the ball, you hold him like that. I think that's just personally, I, I suspect that's indicative of just being overmatched. Um, so, yeah. So uh, we're, Anyway, worth pointing out, I think. I hear that. Thanks again, Michael. Our next caller is uh, is our Iowa friend, Bizarro Max, from Twitter. Uh, we got a nice message from, from Bizarro Max last fall when we played Iowa, so I'm excited to hear from him again in relation to a, a not-Iowa-involved game. Hey, guys. It's Bizarro Max, one of your friends from Twitter. Uh, watched the second half of the game, and, um, you know, there's signs of, of progress there, but... Like I said on Twitter, what can you take away really from a shellacking at Columbus? Uh, many good teams have gone there and done that. Uh, but the main reason I'm calling is actually I just finished watching Iowa get kicked in the gonads for <laughs> in the second half against Purdue. And I'm just thinking about how hard that we as Iowa fans take it, a team that's, you know, good, but certainly not great year after year. Um, if you were to put all college football fan bases on the spectrum of disproportionate mania compared to actual on the field accomplishment, Iowa fans like me might only be eclipsed by Iowa State fans, not because they're any more crazy than we are, but because they have so much less to show for it than we do. Uh, but, I, you know, we, we get the passion for football, and we get, you know, I think we get you guys too and, and why you love the game so much. And every time we lose one of these games, I think about how upset and frustrated I am and how much more difficult it would be if Iowa actually had been like a national champion for three out of four years, so you know what that mountaintop feels like. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm on the very, very short list of Iowa fans who don't give Nebraska fans a hard time. I, I feel those losses so hard, and I'm sure you guys feel them ten times harder. So um, 
you know, sorry for you guys to have to suffer through that gut punch. We had to suffer through one two today, but you know, we, at least we have football, so let's be grateful for that. So on the off chance that uh, you put this message on your show, I will donate my coupon to some uh, deserving Husker fan as opposed to me, uh, who is a uh, an interloper just calling in to have someone to talk to football about. So anyway, love the podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. Uh, that was a very gracious message from Bizarro Max. Thank you for, for calling in and sharing. And, um, you know, I the thought did cross my mind. Would you rather get blown out like we did by potentially the best team in the country or, you know, lose a close one to a team of Purdue's caliber, which we don't really know what that is right now, but mm-hmm. it's lower than it's lower than Ohio State's caliber. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know which is worse, and we could <laughs> very well experience both. Um, but, you know, a couple uh, disappointing losses for both teams to start start the season for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I really appreciate hearing from a from an Iowa fan with his perspective. Yeah. And it, as hard as it is to hear that from non-Nebraska fans, like, you guys are living in the past. I don't hear that from Bizarro Max. What I hear from him is just the reality that – that was a part of our identity as Nebraska fans for such a long time. Yeah. And so you can't help but have kind of that latent expectation regardless of your current circumstances. Um, so when you go to Ohio State and and hope to take on one of the best teams in the country, there's, there is this letdown that you're not as competitive as you would like to be or you might have been in the past, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, that's just where we're at. As to uh, what we'll do with that Runza coupon, let's uh, let's get through our following message and then we can talk about that. So this last one sure. here is from uh, Dan from Lincoln. So let's listen to the message. This is Dan from Lincoln. Um, I think I'm as optimistic as I've ever been after watching Nebraska lose a game by 35 points. Obviously, the, the score wasn't what you wanted out of this game, and I was hoping it would be a little bit more competitive. But uh, this this game against Ohio State did not look the way that these Ohio State games have looked the last few years. I mean, this this game was fourteen to fourteen with five minutes left to go in the first quarter in the in the first half. Uh, I remember being at Mike Riley's final game against Ohio State in 2017, and it was just it was 35 nothing before you could blink an eye. And there were there were fans leaving, and Ohio State was putting in the backups before halftime, and this just didn't feel that way. This was a competitive game in spite of the score. I believe the 222 rushing yards for Ohio State were the fewest allowed by Nebraska since we joined the conference in 2011. Um, and this isn't going to be – the, the caliber of team that we play every week. I, I think moving forward, we're going to see a lot more. Um, we're just going to see a lot more positive results coming out of, of this frost offense. The defense has obviously got a lot of work to do, uh, but I, I'm, actually, I'm actually feeling pretty, pretty positive and pretty confident just about the direction that the program is headed right now. What a positive spin from Dan. I appreciate it. Yeah. He, and, one of the one of the challenges of doing this podcast is for the like the last 24 20 30 hours there have been so many things where i'm like oh yeah we need to talk about that oh yeah we need to talk about that so i think one of my favorite things about doing these the runs of reaction line is you get the opportunity for other people to think of those things that you forgot but ju- the rushing yardage like 220 rushing yards feels crappy but that yeah as he says that is the best rushing total we've held ohio state to uh, since we joined the league. So, you know, we're getting better. We're seeing progress. And, um, and yeah, we didn't see backups in the first half. We didn't, uh, we didn't, you and I, I didn't have to tweet what the, uh, that we were risking having an all time, you know, biggest loss. Yeah. No, none again. of those record there was, alerts. <laughs> there was none of that. So, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just a lot to be excited about. And, and, and remember what we said in our last episode, and it was the clip that we highlighted on Friday. Um, the most important thing about this game, win or lose or blowout or, you know, squeaker, was how the team reacts mm-hmm. and how the team responds and goes to face the Big Ten, the reigning Big Ten West champion, who is a darn good team 
that we were much closer to beating last year and, and we have a really good shot at. So, um, so let's, you know, on to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But first, we need to decide who's going to get these uh, free runs of combo coupons. And um, so Mike and I put our heads together, and here's the deal. We, we have a fair amount, and these are all good calls. So uh, I think we're going to send one to everybody. Yay! How do you feel about that, Mike? Yeah. You get a runza, and you get a runza, and you get a runza. Or maybe it's a burger, you know? Maybe it's a chili and cinnamon rolls. And and for all of you people who don't live in Nebraska right now and don't plan on coming back anytime soon, we've been in touch with Jim, and we're actually going to send his coupon to his brother in Omaha. So if you uh, want to call in but you're like, oh, I can't get the runza, like you could still share the runza love with someone who might be able to appreciate that. And I don't know who we'll figure it out, who we'll get it to for uh, Bizarro Max, but we'll figure out some deserving Husker fan to uh, to get Max's runza. There you go. Awesome. All right. See you guys. It pays to call in. It pays to call in. Everybody gets a prize. So that said, if you want to be featured on next week's episode, get this phone number into your phone, 402-704-7693. We're not going to be quite as generous next week, but you still got a pretty good chance if you call in. Also... So maybe you don't want to call in, but you could record a voice memo and email it to us at huskerpod at gmail.com. That's that an option. Too. Yeah. If you if you're out of the country, uh German Matt, haven't heard from you. I mean we've we've actually exchanged messages today, but we haven't <laughs> heard your voice. I haven't heard your voice in what so, seems like a year. It's been a year, so if you want to send us a, a voice file, we can use that. <laughs> and I guess kinda to just put a, a final bow on this this game and move forward, um, you know, our score predictions, I think we're pretty accurate for what we had to do to win, mm-hmm. you know? 45-42 for you, 48-44 for me. They ended up with 52. Really, they probably would have had 45 if they'd taken a knee. Um, if we could have responded blow for blow, um, I think they probably would have scored maybe a little less. That, you know, that we had a scoring drive there in the second quarter that was like a five-minute drive, and we were eating up time, eating up the clock. So, um, you know, I feel good about those predictions, um, and also uh, injury concerns. I haven't heard anything about Jack Stoll's knee. He did walk off the field. But my mom, Zapruder, filmed the second play of the game. Mike, did you notice this? Martinez no. kind of got – he went down funny. And, like, he was messing around with his hand. Oh. And I thought that maybe he had one of those wristbands with uh, – with the plays on it that sometimes these offensive hat offenses has, but she said she watched it several times and she think he might hurt his non-throwing hand and that actually he, and he was a little bit favoring it. And later in the game, he had some sort of glove on. Interesting. So I haven't seen that anywhere else on Twitter. I haven't seen that from any of the beat reporters. So, uh, my mom might have might have caught something here. Don't tell your, Wisconsin. Your mother yet. might have the scoop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. goodness. I mean, like, if it's gonna be one of two hands. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, still, if if one thing feels off, the whole thing is off. You know, like you know what it's like when you're favoring a body part after a run or something. You don't want to. I don't know. It just throws off your mojo sometimes. So hopefully, whatever it is, they can take care of it this week, and it will be a non-issue next weekend you wonder how much how much we were gonna see our backup quarterback and if that changed Mm -hmm. things but anyway on to wisconsin yep so uh wisconsin sp plus number four so they uh they're a good team however because this is the beginning of the season these rankings are really highly built on like what you're returning talent wise and you know how you did last year and we don't know how good illinois was i know i've been pretty down on them (laughs) um but that was a pretty impressive showing for wisconsin winning 45 to 7 five touchdown passes but uh their leading rusher garrett groshek uh 13 rushes for 70 yards his longest run was 13 yards That was the longest. They had three players rush for 13 yards. That was the longest rush of anybody. I think we can handle that. <laughs> yeah. Um, offensively, they're actually number 11. So I think, you know, that's heavily influenced by torching Illinois. Yeah. 
Defensively, they're number two, which, you know, that's that's scary. Yeah. Special teams is, is 47. Hey, what about our special teams? Oh, yeah. I didn't do any of our SP+, plus, did I? <laughs> I just, it just occurred to me, wait a minute. We're not going to be did, last this time. <laughs> did we, yeah, did we not? We didn't have, we got to put SP+, plus back into the, the, uh, our outline here. We are out of practice, Michael Harvat. <laughs> we uh, we're 42 overall, which is a drop of 11 places. Our mm. offense is number 24. Our defense is 73. Woo. Mm. Our special teams is 48. There you go. So there's we the 47. Cracked, we cracked 48. 100. We cracked 100. We cracked 50. <laughs> we're like twice as high. Oh boy, that's great. So. Jack Cohn, the the starter coming into the season, had some non-contact foot injury that required surgery and missed this last game. Mm-hmm. So Graham Mertz, I don't know if he was a true freshman or a redshirt freshman, but he was a freshman, came in, and as we've already talked about, uh, 20 of 21 for 248 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. The, uh, the only incompletion was a drop. The running back thought he probably should have had it. So uh, they, looked, they looked real good, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard this. The he I was just may about have, to ask you. Yep. He Graham Mertz may have COVID. By the time uh, that we're recording on Sunday night, um, also it sounds like maybe his roommates tested positive. I'm saying maybe. Mm. They all – you have your kind of basic um, – let's see. Let me just read from the, the UW uh, athletics statement. They did their daily antigen testing – and so that's what that says. What the tweets have said is that Graham Mertz and his roommates all tested positive to the antigen testing. So now they are pulled out of the team activities and have to do the PCR test, which is more sensitive and more accurate. So, you know, by the time this goes public on Tuesday, uh, you know, maybe we'll know that he doesn't have it. Um, or maybe we'll, it, it could be confirmed that he does have it. So a um, couple thoughts. I don't even know who the third string quarterback is at this point. Um, is one thing. Two, if his roommates have it, like, uh, who knows how how deep this goes? Um, I start to be concerned about will we have an opponent? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, first and foremost, we're concerned for those people as individuals. Um, and I'm not saying yes, that you thank were you. being flippant yes, about that you. at all. Like that's, I that's just you know the reality of this. We're having a football discussion here, but maybe we do pump the brakes a little bit here to just remember like. You know, we're looking at this from will Nebraska have a competitive advantage and in no way, shape or form do we want to imply that that's something we're excited about. Um, That's just the reality of what we're looking at for this weekend. Um, So, you know, all the best to Mertz, all the best to anybody who's affected by COVID-19. I mean, just just this past weekend, I I learned that somebody that uh, means a lot to me. Uh, actually just passed away due to complications from COVID. Oh, and it's, it's the first time that. that I've had, you know, uh, somebody close to me uh, pass away that it's kind of hitting home for me right now. So maybe that's just me being more sensitive to it currently. But, you know, uh, again, we've said this a million times, there are more important things in football. Um, so, uh, you know, my, my sincere hope is that he does not have COVID, that he tests negative and, um, Honestly, I feel like when Nebraska can play a team at the top of their game and still beat them, that's what I prefer anyway. You know, I don't want to come into this game on Saturday feeling like we got to put an asterisk next to a win if we defeat them because their third string quarterback isn't any good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so with all that said, sorry to cut you off, Justin. Feel free to, to share what, whatever else you were about to say regarding this situation. Oh, I, that was it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, I mean, like, that, it really does. In terms of the game, that changes the discussion entirely. Um, when a guy who uh, apparently performed a miracle and turned Wisconsin into a passing team this past weekend uh, might not be playing on Saturday. Suddenly the question is, okay, so how do we prepare? Yeah, you know, I, I made a – a comment on Twitter right after I heard that that um, I'd rather beat I'd rather beat Wisconsin with Graham Mertz at quarterback and really what I'd most like is to beat him uh, to beat them with Cohn at quarterback and sure. Carolina Husker someone that we interact with a lot on, on Twitter lately uh, pointed out like hey we've played with our third string quarterback before just did it last year 
it stinks and a win's a win and I'll, I'll take a win. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's a fair point. I think in the grand scheme of things, this whole season just will always have an asterisk by it because sure. it was that year. Yep. And, uh, you know, really hoping that we get to play all nine games that are plotted out for us. But, you know, there's no guarantee. I think that just to touch on the Ohio State game again really briefly, I think um, – maybe one of the reasons I'm not so torn up is also like, it's just, I'm glad that we have the opportunity to, to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess I'd rather lose 52 to 17 and, and get some of the younger guys reps and get the older guys more, more time on the field than not have a season at all. Yeah. So how awesome is it that, I mean, just, like that's the cool thing about this year is like, we could have Martinez as our quarterback for five years. <laughs> Right. Like, that's an insane thought. But, like, if he wants to stick around and he's at the top of his game, I mean, holy cow, where could we be in 2022 as Nebraska with Martinez at the helm? Like, goodness gracious. All the records. Give him all the records. <laughs> For real, though. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, back to Wisconsin. Um, man, I I don't know, man. I'm nervous about this one. So our buddy Andy Schaff, who we had on the show this summer to talk about Wisconsin, he uh, he already had his reaction newsletter out this morning. It was in my inbox at 7.34 a.m. So props to Andy. Um, he was – it's kind of funny. He's trying not to overreact to how awesome Graham Mertz did and also trying to not overreact to the running game performance, which he says, yikes. Um he says, not a great way to say this that doesn't crap on Groshek, but you really hope that he wasn't going to be the best running back they have, and after one game, that really seems to be the case. Uh, Watson and Guerrero, I don't know how to pronounce his name, just left so many yards on the field. So, um, you know, I always feel like as bad as Illinois has been, like their defense is a strength, so the fact that they got torn up like that does make me nervous. Um, but I feel like our, our new our new and improved young but big defensive line um, will be able to stand up to uh, to the offensive linemen of Wisconsin in a way that they never have. And without Jonathan Taylor to break off, you know, and it's not, not even like to break off 80 yard runs, but to break off like 20 yard runs. And instead they're like five or six or instead of seven or eight, they're one or two, you know, just to have pedestrian average people in the backfield, man, I like our chances. I, I feel I'm glancing back at these SP plus numbers as I say that. And I'm like, well, let's not get too positive here. But um, I like I like our chances. Uh, I'll just give you Andy's prediction for the game. And I said, hey, do you mind if I share all this stuff? And he said, yeah, go for it. This, this summer when we talked to him, he was really big on Martinez's ability to beat Wisconsin – with his speed, and he really doubles down on that. He says Martinez is faster than everyone in the Badger front seven, mm. which is a huge challenge for them. He says the Badgers also had to respect, this is last year, Martinez's speed on option plays and left numerous plays like this, where it was a Nebraska running back matched up one-on-one with the Badger defender in space. This is just nightmare fuel for Wisconsin, who thrives off forcing everything towards traffic in the middle of the field. Martinez's speed had Wisconsin playing on the heels all game. Um, so... All that to say, he said he has Wisconsin taking a 38 to 17 lead and Nebraska scoring late to make it a little uncomfortable if the Badgers hold on to win 38 to 31. Of course, that's before he heard this stuff about Graham Mertz, but um, you know he's confident. I feel like this is we said that we said this preseason. I feel like this is the year where we get them, and if their second string quarterback is out, I'm even I'm even more bullish. <laughs> what do you think? I think I'm ready to do a score prediction. Okay, Mike, what is your score prediction? I feel like it could still be a close game, even if they've got uh, their third-string quarterback in. Um, I'm just, I just feel like Wisconsin has always kept things close with us. Um, I, I do think that it's great that it's going to be at home, so that's mm-hmm. nice. That's great, um, you're right. So I'm going to go with 34 Nebraska, 28 Wisconsin. Okay, so it's still a close one. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like they've just been so dominant defensively, but but we have moved it against them the last few mm-hmm. years. We just haven't been able to um, – we've shot ourselves in the foot. Last year, special teams, a special team snafu with a kickoff right after we'd had a really important touchdown made a big difference. 
And so having, you know, maybe I'm overstating things, but having, if not fixed our special teams, gotten them to a place where they are no longer a liability. Mm-hmm. Um, and also this offense for Wisconsin, maybe taking a step back with the third string quarterback and uh, less than productive, less productive than normal run game. Um, I don't know if they're going to score all that many points. Really? I, okay. I, well, I, we'll see. You know, maybe this comes out Tuesday and Graham Mertz is cleared. And um, I think he can probably throw some touchdown passes. I think that they'll be kicking a few field goals. So let's say let's say 31-20. Okay. All right. I'll take that. I would love that. I would love that too. I would love to be to be wrong. I'd love it to be something where we – we really make a statement defensively and, uh, you know, hold them. You know, to... without it, it, assuming he's okay, I think that if you're Wisconsin, you look at Nebraska getting, you know, a lot of points hung on him and you feel pretty confident having mm-hmm. put a lot of points on Illinois. Um, and I think that's our advantage. But I was about to say, but let's not make any mistake. We are not, we are not Illinois. <laughs> we are so, not Illinois and they are mm-hmm. not Ohio State. Exactly. And this is not 2019 or 2018. This is our year. This is 2020. And I'm so glad. Another reason I'm glad we're not going to Wisconsin is, like, it's a COVID hotspot. So, mm. you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not a coincidence that there may be potentially an outbreak there. Yeah. Uh, you know, a segment that we've busted out just on rare occasions the last, the previous five seasons uh, as when it's been appropriate has been kind of keeping our eye on the rest of the big 10 West. And, um, you know, this season is so condensed. Um, and we're all playing at the same time that, you know, I, I say, let's just, let's just look at it right now. We're all in the mix. Let's just, let's just break it down right now. So, okay. um, you look at the big 10 West and with Iowa and Minnesota losing this weekend and us, I mean, Look out for Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, the, the teams that we were most afraid of, or the, the teams that presumably had the edge, mm-hmm. are, have either lost already or they're Wisconsin, who we played this week. Yep, yep. You know, so if we can beat Wisconsin, we're sitting at one and one, and they're sitting at one and one, and we have the tiebreaker. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, Northwestern scored 43 points against uh, probably a really bad Maryland team. Um, that was a real big surprise for Northwestern. Yeah. Purdue, Purdue beats Iowa. Um, I'm not again. I'm not sure what to make of Purdue. I didn't watch most of that game. Um, well, you know, a, a little birdie told me. I have a good friend who he pays a lot of attention to Iowa, and uh, he seems to think that there's been a lack of discipline in the weight room for Iowa this year. And uh, really, at, at least the scuttlebutt is that perhaps the coaches are a little bit afraid to enforce anything, you know, not come down too hard on any of their student-athletes right now, uh, understandably so. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, maybe there's just been a lack of uh, discipline, um, both from the coaches and the students, or rather the students and the coaches. <laughs> so, but again, you know, that's just that's just the rumor mill. I don't know if there's any credibility to that. I'm not saying that that's the case, but that's just what I've heard from somebody who pays attention to Iowa more than us. Well, well, I'll tell you, when I was driving out to uh, to my buddy's house yesterday, I listened to a whole bunch of podcasts, and I, I bombed through a bunch of the Pick Six podcasts from the World Herald and. And uh, those guys made a couple comments about how this could potentially be a really rough year for mm. Iowa. I mean, you think about the offseason that they had. Yeah. They all had a terrible one. And then they had, you know, several orders of magnitude worse. Mm. Uh, uh, the coach and the athletic director being sued. So they, uh, you know, I you, for, you forget all about that as time passes and you're looking at what's right in front of you. And we're obviously not Iowa fans. So, um, And then yeah. suddenly Purdue's beating Iowa and you're saying, wait yeah. a minute, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. So um, Minnesota... Got beat pretty handily by Michigan, who I feel mm-hmm. like nobody feels. I mean, I don't know. They're ranked number thirteen. Michigan is, but I didn't think that that would be. I thought that would be a close game. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually surprised Michigan was able to do that. I actually watched more of that one, and it felt like Minnesota just kept moving the ball, and then you'd look at the scoreboard and realize they weren't, you know, converting. Hmm. So, you know, they moved the ball, but 
They just didn't score enough points, yeah. so they lost. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> As it turns out, the team that scores fewer points does not win. Yeah. And then over in the East, a really interesting Indiana-Penn State matchup. Did you uh, did you see that final two-point conversion where he stretched out? No, I didn't. Somebody uh, tweeted, We re- I think we retweeted this, uh, a picture of Michael Jordan stretching out at the end of Space Jam. <laughs> it was kind of like that. So oh, as a as an aside, yeah. As an aside, I watched Space Jam. My wife and I watched Space Jam with our kids on Friday night, <laughs> and uh, it was such a weird experience because a they don't know who Michael Jordan is. Yeah. I mean, we don't even like my, our oldest is not yet six. We don't play a ton of basketball really. B they don't know who the Looney Tunes are. They don't know who Bugs Bunny is. Um, what kind of a parent are you? Well, I mean, we watch a lot of we've watched a lot of Disney movies and. Um, and I, as you think about like Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes versus uh, Disney, like Mickey Mouse and whatnot, I think that Warner Brothers tried to really put a stake in the ground. As we're real irreverent, we are we're gonna have some like slapstick mm. like crazy, mm. and so like I feel like they were almost didn't know that they were supposed to laugh to, at some of the like physical violence <laughs> happening with the Looney Tunes. Well, that might be and good. some. Mandy and I are cracking up at some of this, and and our da- oldest daughter is like, I don't think I like this. <laughs> and it's like, oh, but these songs are so good. This is like, I think that was one of the first CDs I had. Was I, you know what? That's the funny thing that you should say that because that's one of my earliest memories of you and music is you owning a Space Jam soundtrack and the Seltzer CD and mm. like dime store profits or something like that was that you i don't know maybe it wasn't you maybe so the uh, alan parsons project oh really <laughs> serious just man. oh yeah 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 was yours husker branded oh i don't i don't remember oh I don't, okay i don't think so okay just curious just curious but uh yeah anyway <laughs> you know my first cd no, what? First CD I ever owned was Michael Michael W. Smith, The Live Set. Um, mm. I did not like it. My mom just bought it because, like, Michael W. Smith! But the first CD I bought for myself was Weezer's Blue Album. I'm very proud oh, of wow. that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Street cred. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other uh, Big Ten game that we didn't talk about, Rutgers, breaks their, I think, 21-game home, or road conference losing streak to the uh, newly led mel tucker michigan state spartans and um good for good for noah to to play well and uh yeah in another life we were supposed to play them first weren't we was it them or maryland i can't remember i think it was i think it was them it was them them, because we talked a little bit about you know our very first game was going to be against our one of our old quarterbacks (laughs) wow Ugh, no. A lot has happened. Well, it wasn't going to be the first. Ge- oh, no, yeah. And this, you're talking about the second schedule. Yeah, I okay. think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm it's talking about. Is like, I know if you, we but... were play- supposed to play Purdue to start the season, but then I think it was Rutgers the second time. So, I don't know. Hey, um, have you noticed the hat that I'm wearing? I do see it. That's pretty great, man. Very on brand for a Nebraska company. I like that a lot. I've got my Central Nebraska Buffalo cap, red on the front here. Nice little white logo, offset, off center. Uh, this might be my new favorite hat. Pretty sharp, huh? Yeah, I'm all about the dad hats too. Since when did they start calling them dad hats, though? That's my issue. Like that's I, just a hat. I've never, I've never heard it called the dad hat until you said it just now. Yeah. Well, a- anymore, if you have a, a hat with a bill that is not completely flat and huge, apparently, um, like the old standard baseball hat is now considered a dad hat. Kids these days. Yeah, because you're you're not supposed to take the sticker off the top of yours or bend it in any way, shape, or form. So anyway, folks, what we're really trying to get to is. Uh, you got to get some Central Nebraska Buffalo merch. Yeah. Check them out. Mm-hmm. CNBuffalo.com. They'll hook you up with, uh, you know, you, you can eat in style now wearing your Central Nebraska Buffalo cap. I don't know if Monty Rody's got any merch, but I'd be happy to wear a Rody hat next week if there's one to buy. Feel free to send it my way. Now, you just got me wondering if, like, maybe if he ever wanted to be a Rody for my band. Roadie the roadie. Roadie the roadie. But, like, that would be really presumptuous for me to ask 
<laughs> somebody who has sponsored our podcast to help my band carry equipment. But uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll write a jingle for him sometime. Oh, that'd be fun. If you are looking to buy or sell a home, it's crazy how things just keep moving in the real estate business right now. So um, if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is, as we said at the beginning of every episode, Monty's your man. Give him a call, 402-770-3356. Or you can also email him at monty.rody at prglincoln.com. I feel like we might have been a little long-winded since it was our first reaction episode, but uh, this has been fun. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. And I look look forward to uh, this Wisconsin game and talking to you next Sunday night. Sounds good, brother. All right. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.